0: Hello and welcome to The Inner Gamer, episode 120. We are your weekly dose of video game news, reviews, opinions, and discussions made for and by our listeners. My name is Brett Yanosky
1: I'm awesome Morales. I'm Devin Dury. Today on The Inner Gamer, we're going to be touching on two games that we played last week, uh, What Remains of Edith Finch, which is going to come out this day that the podcast is out. So go pick it up now. It's all a dig. Uh, Brett also gets his hands on Telltale's Guardians of the Galaxy, and we'll get to hear some experience on that. Uh, We'll dive into the games coming up for this next week, as well as some news topics, including some stuff about Star Wars Battlefront Two. You can uh, re-download StarCraft, which everybody's super excited about. Cliffy B gives some insight on the gaming development industry. Uh, there's some news from Nintendo, and then we're going to be talking about the adaptation of genre in video games, and uh, what's in store with the way that Indie Deads are changing the game, so... Ooh. Ooh. Huh. Ooh, it's I different. see what you did there. Changing the game. It's funny. I want to hit you really bad, so just <laughs> cue the fucking music. And <laughs> switch. Oh, <laughs> switch! Hit stop now.
2: Welcome. Hey, everybody. We're hey everybody. Back. We're here.
0: Yep. It's another podcast. It's, it's another all about video games. It's all about video games. I'm back.
2: What's up, bro?
0: yeah here. Welcome back, I'm Devin. here. Uh, real quick before we jump into video games, I wanted to mention, if you guys like our show and you want to support us, head on over to Patreon, theinnergamer.net. Click on our donate button. That'll take you to our Patreon page, and you can... Donate to help us uh, grow our podcast. Get a few it's goodies over awesome. there. Yeah,
2: and, uh, got a couple of goodies for those who donate. We're we're hoping we're we're planning on revamping that sooner than later because yes. we set it up. You know, we have our goals out there. We have our all of our goodies that you guys can get from donating. But we want to take another look and really kind of make the page look make gritty. it a, well make it a, make it some really nice
1: things for you know for everybody for what if it's the five cent donations or the million donations. Has anybody clicked the $5 million donation yet? Have we gotten one of those yet?
2: Yes, we have. But you could be the first (laughs) one. But
1: you could be the... No, I'm just kidding. Yeah, anyway. Fucking Bruce Wayne listening to our podcast. Right. Sorry. Dude, crazy. (laughs) So we're
0: going to talk about some video games. Yeah. And we actually just played the three of us, a game together. Yes. When you guys hear this, the game comes out today. It's April 25th. It is a game called What Remains of Edith Finch.
1: Yeah. And uh, who wants to start? <laughs> yeah. Okay, so Let's uh we go. walked in. Let's uh Tears off. oh dude. Yeah. Uh to su- to sum up, this game is a feels trip and a half. Um it's pretty linear first person um exploratory narrative game.
0: What? Walking, walking simulator? simulator? Kind of kind of feel most yeah. close related to that. It has the 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 cues to gone home. Except way, way more intense.
1: Way more intense. Um, As far as the story, you play a girl named Edith Finch, and you're exploring this old house that you used to grow up in. Um, We don't want to go too far in depth because it's... You have to experience it's it. It's major spoiler uh territory and while we can talk about spoilers on some games. This one I just I don't want to. Yeah. There's too much to experience here, but it's you're you're reliving the past of not just your siblings, but also the your family line. This this Finch family has some bad luck following them and it's incredible. It's incredible, it's
0: intense, it's emotional, yeah. It is Surreal, there are so many words to describe the experiences that you play in it's, this game.
1: It's like if Edgar Allan Poe had written Through the Looking Glass. <laughs> That's a really good analogy, actually.
0: It yeah. does, it reminds me of Edgar Allan Poe's story writing or story, yeah, yeah, writing
1: mixed with Alice in Wonderland, yeah, with some psychedelic shit going on, man. Yeah, so the story's
2: great. It, the story's great. great. It, it's really. It, I think it's greatly paced out. Yes. Oh uh, yeah, the experience. pacing was
1: incredible. Uh, we I I got here and two and a half hours later we finished the game. Right. Really, we yeah. all really we short. all took turns playing different stories, which I think was good because I don't I think, think so I, emotionally I could have handled um, playing all of them on my own.
0: Yeah. No. It, it's it's a. It was lot good to, to pace it in. out. <laughs>
1: yeah. Yeah.
0: But I want I want to talk about just the incredible. Like development from a programming standpoint, like the things that they were able to achieve. I mean, we can't, we don't want to go into detail because we want you guys to play it, but there are some moments where you're literally playing a game within a game. You are doing things that are so incredibly physics driven that were only for a short little nugget Mm -hmm. of the overall gameplay experience. Yeah. And the fact that they took the time to develop these types of physics based, approaches yeah, so well and so like so i mean it just it's it, the
1: the the layers that this game incorporated with its gameplay was so well just methodically executed um you have a game within a game like you said one of which is a, just a menial task. The other is this crazy, weird, psychedelic tr- trip through someone's psyche, literally through right, someone's right. psyche. And man, I think we, n- n- none of us saw what was happening up until the very bitter end of it. And we were all like, I think no less than three times we at one point stopped playing. We're going, oh my God. We had to walk away. Devin yeah. just like, there's
2: chair back. Yeah, and dude, I had up, to, I had to. Some of that stuff hit home, man. Yeah, uh, It was... You, you emotional. Every story, every room, every place you travel, you don't know what you're getting into until you get into <laughs> it. And you're just like, holy shit. And on top of that, the gameplay switches up with every... Well, the, the whole main point of the story is that you're figuring out what happened to your ancestors or your relatives... Uh, and you have, like, a family tree, and you're trying to unlock all the family members of the tree. Yeah. And each one is, like, super different in the way that they tell their story. Um, yeah.
1: It's very unique. It's a very original take. Um, it's it, it, it's very akin to that, you know, you put uh, seven monkeys in a room. Eventually, they're going to write Shakespeare kind of thing. This is, this is coming from so many different angles of of storytelling and each character and each family member has something unique and it's different and it's a fresh take you're never bored like everything is just you're you're thrust into a completely new uh experience and it was unlike
2: really any game I've played like Gone Home is the closest yeah. yeah it's just Gone Home with um uh narration and, and more
0: more surreal moment. Well, cuz gone home had a lot. I mean, the the girl was narrating mm-hmm. as she was playing through the game okay, true, and true. stuff like that. However, what was different about this that I think was so fascinating is that every story was its own like mini game that was told through some kind of um just just strange experience. Yeah. And you were always doing something different like you Play as a little kid inside of a bathtub you swim through the water as a shark you literally play an Our,
1: isometric game inside of a game you're taking pictures of a hunting
0: trip yeah like everything from like the most outlandish to the most simplistic
1: yeah the exists. most mundane to the most psychedelic yeah. and and crazy you know, this game did something so well. Like it pulled the rug out from underneath me so many times. It it would lure Every you time. it would lure you into this false sense of security and safety and you're sitting there thinking, "Man, what a lovely family." Okay. Well, never mind. Just kidding.
2: Yeah, like playing <laughs> these things, I I I kept forgetting that, "Oh wait, I'm looking at my dead relatives." Like yeah. at the end these people are dead and it's yeah. just like you're watching how this unfolds and remember, remembering all this stuff and it's just like Yeah. Uh, <laughs> it's stressful. Yeah, this to was. me has definitely reached the point of
0: like uh, before. I've talked about gone home as like one of my favorite games of all time. I think this has surpassed it mm-hmm. for sure. Um, and I mean, it's it's definitely one of the most memorable experiences I played this year. And I played some damn big we games played, this we, year. We we played some damn big stuff yeah, this year. And there's moments of that I mean, it's it's like a, it's short, but it's just. Incredible!
1: I mean, it was this a is short storytelling game that should and, exist. Yeah, in this more is the places. type of storytelling we've been like we've been dying to see in video games because this is storytelling. This is a two and a half hour experience, and I don't know about you guys, but it felt way longer. It felt like I felt yeah. I thought yeah. we were I thought we were playing this all day
0: in a good way.
1: Oh, and in oh, a in a very way. great yeah. way. I was desperate. I was desperate to get to the next part when we were when we were talking about like oh maybe we should stop. We need to pay. We we go. Wait to uh, like you know take a break, or and I'm like, no, give me the fucking controller. I'm continuing. I'm glad. I'm glad we finished. That <laughs> are we? Are we glad we finished? I mean, well, I, you were hurt am, the most out of everybody,
2: Devin. I'm,
0: I don't know. I was. I, just, I, I was. Just think that ending was in. I mean, the finish, start to finish, they wrap everything up in a nice, yeah. pretty bow, mm-hmm. and
2: it's wow. Yeah, yeah. I I don't usually play these kind of games. <laughs> I don't like. I, no, I, know. I I tried to play Gone Home and I didn't like it, but it, the way that this presentation and delivery of everything mm-hmm. was my kind of game. Mm-hmm. It was very cinematic. They tell you what you need to know. There was a lot of mystery, and it just kept pushing you forward. I think this is uh a, this could also be a a nice social game
1: for people to experience. Like you could sit there in a group of friends. Like, hey, why don't we uh, watch someone play? <laughs> The uh, what remains of Edith Edith Finch, real quick. What's that? What's that? And then at the end, are you are you are you crying? Here's some wine. Are you still crying? <laughs> Keep yeah. drinking. Yeah, that's that's kind of how it is. Yeah, kind of how it is. So there weren't
0: many, but let's talk weaknesses of the game. Um, so the there's this weird camera blur. Yeah, and I feel like it makes sense why it's there. Mm-hmm. I feel like for me, I feel like it's. Because this is a retelling. In hindsight, so you can look you back and realize why it's kind of there. To this gameplay. But it's it was jarring at moments.
1: Oh, absolutely. absolutely. I was going to say it was like physically jarring for moments when you'd be standing motionless and looking at the environment. And then you'd move your character. And then this weird as if you took acid like tracers were following around stuff. I'm like, right. "Okay, who? Glad I don't have vertigo because someone would be puking right now." Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, yep. I don't know if that's going to affect anybody playing who has issues like uh with that with those kind of visuals cuz that I, I I could personally see that messing somebody up. Yeah. I would hope not, but cuz I want everyone to play this game.
2: Yeah, it, at first it was, but I think the story just kind of like I got to find out what's going to happen next. Yeah. I'm just going to push it aside. And- um
1: the I don't know if this is a criticism or not, but I've, I I am curious if this was too heavy. It's very it's this is not something we see normally in, no, a, in a video game. This this covered uh, so many dark undertones and real life family problems Yeah, that I'm like, Whoo, I hope real. that do, I hope that doesn't awake some demons in somebody. Yeah. Ooh. Yeah. I uh, uh, I mean uh, you're talking alcoholism, you're talking drug use, you're talking uh family uh, surprised family death um every every possible thing that could go yeah, wrong with a family with a family
0: went wrong with this family w- went wrong yeah and it's it's just
1: it's it's sad. It's super sad, man. <laughs> so prepare <laughs> yourself Above all ahead that, of time.
2: I felt really connected with these with this whole family. Oh, like yeah. coming in as Edith, and then learning from each family to the uh, each family member to the next, and then like even learning about her. And even at the end, I was like, oh, I'm so like, well, I wish she was well. And
1: like you were saying, or like I was saying earlier, how I was like, it lends you into or it leads you into a false sense of security, and then kind of like you say when we're talking about. Exp- you don't normally play these games like Gone Home where it's just, oh, I'm getting narration over there you know, in the background and I can still explore and look at stuff. No, you're, you're going into the perspective of these characters. You're looking first person now through the great-great-grandfather or whoever. You're, you're watching it happen. So, yeah, it, it makes you connected very quickly. You, you feel drawn in. The immersion was spot on. Right. It's a little heavy, though. Yep,
0: hurt hurt my soul a little bit. So I think it's understandable that this is a dig yeah. for all of us.
1: Yeah. Yes. The, the, yes. the the day this podcast drops, uh, highly suggested everyone get on Steam right the hell now and download. Is it just on Steam right now? No, it's on PlayStation.
0: Oh, It'll be on PlayStation as well. So it's perfect. Twenty dollars
1: and worth every penny.
0: Yes, it's worth every penny. Like we said, it's a short experience, but my goodness. You'll, you'll be talking about mark. this for days. Yeah.
1: Oh, absolutely. For days. Months. Absolutely. Years. Yeah.
0: I'll be talking about this in 2019, man.
1: I, th- this is the kind of game where I'm going to be starting to uh, look for those uh, crazy people finding all the Easter eggs and the the fan theories of people yeah. like, did you notice this moment in the one level and the, that happened? And I'm like, no, I didn't notice that, but that's amazing. I mean, even after we finish
2: some stuff, I still have questions on certain things. Like, Oh, yeah. Because oh yeah, the way that some they stuff wasn't stories. clear. Yeah, some stuff was not clear. Like, would you, oh, oh, would you guys play this again? again?
1: Uh, maybe after. Uh, I mean, after a while, sure. <laughs> like, give me a bit. Yeah. give me a bit to recuperate. Yeah, I can
2: I can see myself sitting down with somebody who has it and being like, yes, let's play this. Yes, I want to watch somebody else's reaction to this.
1: Yeah, that's uh, true. I, I literally cool, want to watch somebody. Like, Go ahead, play. You think you are a strong-willed individual? Break! I'm going to break you. (laughs) (laughs) Going to break you. Oh my gosh! So
0: yeah, definitely a dig. Dig. Oh my god! Dig. Fantastic game. It is out today. So get it. Go check it out.
2: Get it. Brett, another, you, played,
1: uh, you played a
0: game, though. I did. On a more positive note, this is a completely opposite <laughs> is it? Uh, it, game it is. from this. But I played through the first episode of Telltale's Guardians of the Galaxy. Yeah. And this is Telltale Games' latest installment into a new IP. This is a separate um, story from the Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2, so it's not connected in any way. It's a different story, but completely, that world. Completely separate, yeah. Yep. And... Um, There there is some good and bad things about this game. Okay. So um, I hope it gets... So when I first played Batman, the first episode, I was kind of lukewarm about this is a Telltale's Batman game. Yeah. And then as I got to the end of it, I could not stop playing it. I got really addicted to it. But back when we were playing that, when I was playing that game and reviewed it on the podcast, I had some complaints about Telltale and how they have things that they need to fix. Yeah. They still haven't fixed those things. Eesh. And okay. That blows my mind. That's a concern yeah. for me that we keep getting... And I feel like it's because they they have so much coming out. I mean, they're in the middle still of The Walking Dead Season 3 that right. we haven't even talked about on this podcast. Right. And they have this coming out, and there's just there's a lot that they're doing. But I'll start with the good thing. So if you guys... For me, like, I don't know anything much about Guardians of the Galaxy other than I saw the first movie. Okay. So I wasn't familiar with the comic book stories or anything like that. if you're coming into this completely unbeknownst to Guardians of the Galaxy, which I feel like there's probably at this point few people that are playing video games that would do that, right? it doesn't tell you the the introduction to the characters and to the world is kind of unclear. It takes it takes a while to get to know. Like, if you, if you didn't know, having seen the show, who all these characters were and where their backstories came from, or not the show, the movie, it you wouldn't know. Kay. But if you knew it, there's a lot of great, like, fan service, like, right from the get-go. Cool. Like, you know, you have Rocket, who's, you know, his typical kind of snarky... Smarmy attitude. S- yeah, like, smart Alec attitude, and he's voiced by Nolan North, which I thought was really interesting. Oh, nice. He does not sound like Nolan North at all, but it's awesome. And then uh, you have Scott Porter, who is voicing the lead character, the uh, Star Lord. Um, And then uh, Peter Quill, as they call him in uh, real life, or as his real name. You remembered his name. Good job. And he is, uh, he reminds me a lot of Reese from Tales from the Borderlands. Okay. Yeah. He looks a little like him, actually, at the same time. Like you can see kind of resemblances between the two characters. But man, the storytelling is good. I mean, it's a Telltale game. They have some good storytelling there. The classic rock soundtrack is awesome. Like yes. I still have in my head the music that they're playing from the the whole entire first episode. I love it, and uh, lots of good humor. Like that that sequence where they show you in the trailer of them sitting on the elevator and like dropping down. It's just like this really awkward silence, and then the guy starts like whistling and stuff like that. Um, Peter starts whistling. There's a lot of that thrown throughout. It's not just stuff that's in the trailer; like you see cool. it happen throughout throughout the first episode, and um, the graphics are great. Like they've they've done a good job stepping up the graphical quality. It's not as cartoony as it was before. I was playing on a four K TV. Look yeah, really looked, good. It looked pretty good. I was
2: playing with you. Yeah, I have to say it, it. I'm not. I'm not really impressed with the delivery or the dialogue. Yeah, I'm just not. So that's one of the negatives
0: I have. Sorry, guys. I feel like the dialogue's good the writing's good but i the issue that i have right now is that they still haven't figured out the voice syncing. and for a game that's pretty much here's a cutscene, and then every once in a while you press a couple buttons to advance the storyline of what's happening i feel like at this point like the voices that are talking should match up with the audio that's being (laughs) delivered is
2: it the the the, uh, japanese dubbing thing kind of it didn't seem that bad, but it seemed like that's what you were going for when you told me about it. Yeah, I mean, it's 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 pretty bad. I mean, at this
0: point, like when you have, I mean, even Horizon Zero Dawn I think was better, and Horizon Zero Dawn is a game that was way larger than this game and isn't meant to be like focused on the cutscenes. Freaking even Mass Effect Andromeda was better, <laughs> and you know how bad. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Are. That is a yeah. Just just that is a the, that is a claim. So that that was well, I think one of we're, the big weakness, weaknesses I We're have. starting
2: to see the seams, you know, from, from Telltale. And they really need to... Tighten it up. Kind of go back to the table and be tighten like, hey, let's make a new engine or something, you know. But well, yeah, tighten it up. You know, anyway. Yeah. Anyway. Well,
1: and
2: it's not like they
1: don't have the resources. And, you know, I don't know what the holdup is. Maybe it's a time crunch. Maybe it's a budgetary thing. Whatever. But, I mean... We're seeing we're we're seeing the blemishes, and now the blemishes are becoming actual game affecting type of problems. You know what I mean? Like, oh yeah, if oh, yeah. if at one point it was just kind of like, oh, well, they, you know, the dialogue is a bit stale, or maybe the 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 delivery of the dialogue is not so right, uh, so well executed. But now, if it like continues, now we're like, God, come on, yeah. Get it together. I mean, the way I look at it is it's you know we're at a time where it's 2017. There's
0: people have figured this stuff out by now, and it looks like this game, other than the graphical quality, is something like game. Okay, so here here's a here's an instance that really bothered me. There's moments like in any Telltale game where you can like walk around inside of a space, for right, you, right, and you explore and like move your mouse over and click options to like do whatever you got to do. Well, you're on your ship, for example and I'm walking up to the control console to make a phone call to make a decision on something. Well, I'm walking up, and I expect to like walk down to the seats where I sit down to the control console. I can't walk up to the control console. I get stopped by an invisible wall, and then I have to move my mouse around to point at the the thing, the control console, oh, and man. then my character initiates a walk animation to walk down the steps.
1: Over Ooh,
2: there. And it I just doesn't make, forward, yeah, it like, doesn't make sense. Yeah, it doesn't make sense. All the way
0: to that point. So things like that I feel like should have been implemented by now. And they're they're not. It's very very small modes of movement that you can't do properly that you should be able to do at this gotcha. point. Gotcha. Um, but there are some things that they added to this that are kind of cool. They give you a lot more Like, the story when I first played it, like I said, did not reveal itself very well. But through the use of communicating to your other players with radio commands, like you can hold down left trigger or whatever, or I think it's shift on the PC, you can talk to Drax or Gamora or... um, Rocket and ask some questions. They're optional, op- optional things. You don't have to initiate these conversations, but if you want to learn more about them as you're going through a particular set piece or whatever, right? You can do that.
1: Okay, and that's cool though. Yeah, and then there's moments like a lot of people like chance. that, especially people yeah. who play Bioware, t- uh, Bioware style exactly. games, where you yeah. get to walk around and get to know your shipmates some more.
0: Right. Yeah, and they still have like the Codex, where you can go through like the emails and communications and stuff to like learn more story about them. So by doing that. Having been kind of not brushed up on Guardians of the Galaxy lore, I was able to discover some through that process.
2: Groot so saw you nice. do that. <laughs> Groot will I remember Groot. this,
0: dude. Groot got hung over. It was hilarious. <laughs> Wait, What? Yeah, trees can get hung over. That was I actually mean, a living trees, option. I guess. You can like, you can say trees can get hung over, and he's like, "I am Groot." <laughs> so gross, but Dang it's hilarious.
1: It, um, but yeah. So- that all being the case, so right. what is it? That Dig, all being the case. Delays.
2: It's it's currently a delay. That's, that's so how much is it
1: right it. now? Uh, thirty
2: bucks. Oh you can buy the uh, actually I just I don't have any more. You can buy the individual episode for a set price. And so if you get the 30. the actual case version of it, it's thirty bucks. So I don't I guess that includes everything. Yes. Or you can get the single episode for six dollars and get the season pass for twenty, which is okay. actually cheaper. So interesting. I don't know. What you're yeah, doing. I'm. I'm the kind of guy with Telltale games at this point that
1: I wait uh, till yeah. the entire of the entirety of the seasons out, right? And then I'll purchase it. Makes sense. Mainly just because, like, I, I ran into the problem with um, I played entirely through Walking Dead season one, and then started with Walking Dead season two, and was like, oh, well, now I have to wait. Oh, I don't like this. So I'll wait till the seasons. Yeah out in case if it's something that like, oh, I'm gonna power through this whole damn thing. Right. In right. one day.
0: And I'm sure at one point they'll probably drop the price. Um, you know, and lower it for the whole thing. But I ended up buying the season pass just because I wanna I wanna play through the story and experience and stuff like that. The first right. episode was about a little under three hours, two okay. and a half hours sure. probably. So um, it was good. And actually I lost my save when I was playing it, which I was really pissed about. Because there was an incompatibility between the cloud save and the local save. So I had to start it all over again. I got like all like 80% through, and then it something happened, it broke. And I That's was dumb. Pretty upset. But like I said, it is a delay for now, but there's a lot of potential here. And I think the setup for the story is interesting as nice. all Telltale games are. So I look forward to seeing what they do with it as time goes on. And all I'm right. excited for Guardians of the Galaxy Volume Vol. 2. Even more so. So that'd be good. Sweet, Good deal. Right, All right. So do you guys have any other games you want to chat about? Share?
1: Knowledge of? No. Oh, Wait, I, sorry, oh, I played,
2: played uh, Rick and Morty. Uh, Virtual Rickality. Virtual Rickality. Uh It's pretty cool. It's a little gimmicky. Did you find that Szechuan sauce? I didn't oh, find the Szechuan sauce. Do they have the
0: Szechuan sauce in there? That'd be awesome. I, I only
2: played about an mm, hour and a half, maybe. Um, I mean, it's just like Job Simulator in a way. Okay. You're in the uh garage and you get to move around and Rick gives you a wristband and you are a clone morty. <laughs> so you you get to warp into the bathroom and you get looking at yourself and you're you have the the uh the Morty uh head and you have the VR headset on you. Okay, that's cool. Yeah. So and you get Mr. Meeseeks and he has a VR headset. Oh on. my gosh. Mr. Meeseeks, look so at me. He mimics he mimics you so, I had to do this one thing where I had uh, Rick came in. He wanted me to help uh, fix his, his flying car. So, I had to take this uh, dark matter thing, uh, I guess a little canister. But if I moved it too much, it would explode on me, right? So, I had to stop uh, concentrated dark matter <laughs> to me seeks. But they did everything I did. So, I had to hand it off to my mirror image and then watch them do why i moved it and it was really trippy it took me like 12, 12 times to actually get it right because that's damn, kinda awesome yeah so overall it's pretty fun it was like that show bucks. is gaining so much traction right now mm-hmm. dude can't wait for season three. Oh right. man
1: Might everyone got newt. teased with the season three episode Ooh. one and now that's all i they finally want.
0: saw it, by the way it was mm-hmm. awesome
1: i was very happy do, yeah, you, do you
0: now crave Szechuan sauce dude I, want, I do i want the shit out of that <laughs> i want it so bad with like, that
1: Szechuan dipping sauce, McNugget sauce, Morty. Yeah.
0: It's awesome. So, good. Anyway. so cool. So do you
2: do you recommend it? Mm, yeah. I don't I dig it. How much was it? It was thirty bucks. Uh it's VR a VR game. Yeah. I'll I'll dig it. I'll dig it. Cool. Yeah.
0: Nice. Dig it with a topping of the Szechuan sauce.
1: <laughs> dig it with, an, with an a with a nice yeah. on the stipulation that we bring back Szechuan Dipping Sauce, which the petition online has reached 50,000. That's
0: incredible. By the way. That's pretty awesome.
2: Yeah. That's pretty awesome. These days you need a million.
0: Awesome. Well, guys, that is our game segment for this week. We are going to take a break and come back with our gaming news to talk about some really exciting news that came out last week. So Mm. stay tuned. There's always too much. And we'll be back shortly.
2: We'll be right back. You're listening to The internet.
0: Next week, we have some video games coming out to the lineup of the world.
2: Nobody knows what just took place.
0: I know. They don't have any idea.
1: None whatsoever until they get to the very end with the blooper reel.
0: Uh, yes. Okay. So next week, guys, we have some upcoming video game releases. Yes. Pretty exciting, actually. We have two games coming out on Friday, April 28th. The first is Little Nightmares for the PS4, Xbox One, and PC. This is a game in which you immerse yourself in Little Nightmares. I feel like this is
2: going to be another really awesome indie title.
0: It probably will be, actually. It looks really awesome. It's a dark, whimsical tale that will confront you with your childhood fears. Help Six Escape the Maw, a vast, mysterious vessel inhabited by corrupted souls looking for their next meal. So that game comes out on April 28th. But there is another game coming out on April 28th. This is a doozy. Mario Kart 8 Deluxe on the Switch. This is an expanded version of Mario Kart 8 that came out on the Wii U. This is where you race your friends and battle them in a revised battle mode with new and returning battle courses. You can play locally without the four-player multiplayer, as well as on TV mode. Every track from the Wii U version, including DLC, makes its return, plus the Inklings appear as all-new guest characters. Inklings are the characters from Splatoon. And along with you have returning favorites such as King Boo, Dry Bones, and Bowser Jr., Make sure if you guys want to play this game and you live in the Dallas area, you come out to our meetup on April 28th. We will be having Mario Kart 8 on the Switch at Community Brewery in Dallas, Texas. Be there or B
2: Square. Bring your friends,
0: bring you really kids? just B Square our audience. I did B Square that audience. That's so dumb. So dumb. <laughs> so dumb. If you want to hear me say more hilarious things, come
1: to the <laughs> yeah. meetup.
2: It's gonna be <laughs> off the trapezoid. Oh God! <laughs> that's actually better than I thought. We just say. lost half our viewers
1: just no. now. <laughs> yeah, uh, iTunes. iTunes specifically installed that sound so they could make it for our <laughs> our lost viewership.
0: That's probably true, actually. <clears throat> I don't know, but uh, so that's our games coming out next week. Now let's talk about
1: some news, and we have some pretty exciting stuff. Yes, going down. Uh, first up. Star Wars Battlefront 2. If you haven't watched the trailer, pause this. Watch it. Go watch it. We'll Check wait. It out. <laughs> All right, you're back. Oh, my God. How amazing was that trailer, right? It was freaking awesome. Uh, but uh, funny tidbit about Star Wars Battlefront 2. The campaign is being written by a the Spec Ops the Line lead writer. Uh, if anybody has not played Spec Ops the Line, I highly suggest you go do that right now. We'll wait. Dun, tch, dun, 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 Did tch, you like my nod dun, about it on the podcast last week? I was like, Devin will know about this
0: game. Spec I would Ops the line. He I would was like, all about this game. It was it was,
1: awesome. it was a game that was thrust upon me that I really didn't even know about. Like I saw the trailers for it, but it didn't do it justice. That game. And pure fashion, what we talked about earlier—that game fucked me up, fam. Like that was a mind bend. It's like Heart of Darkness, but worse. Brett always talked about it, and I was like, "Yeah, no, yeah. it's great. Okay, all fantastic. right, fantastic." So you say so. So with that lead writer, um, Walt Williams coming to uh, do this Star Wars Battlefront Two campaign, like this is ex- this is exciting news. This is great. Um, I think we're going to get a fantastic story. I think that uh, Disney knows what's up and they are going to throw money at this and make sure that it's quality. And not to mention that, uh, or at least to give evidence to that, is Disney has said that this story will be canon in the Star Wars universe. So what we're going to see, I don't know. All we know is that there's a special forces group that are on the ground uh, and they see the second Death Star... A blow up, so. And you're bad people. You're playing the Empire, man. That's gonna be freaking bum, sick. Bum, 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 ba-dum, bum, ba-dum. I just
2: hope that character is a good character. Like, I really hope so. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't think, think, think it did. It d- d- There's d- been
1: a lot of complaints from uh, uh, the uh, internet fuckboys who say that they don't want another female protagonist. I don't care. I think it's awesome, and I think that this is gonna
2: be badass, so. I really don't care that I mean it's just (sighs) She seemed uninteresting to you? She did, but it's not that I don't want to play a female character. I think Um, we're just getting the
1: the tip of the iceberg for her. Like she's such a efficient warrior and we're gonna see something really cool. I I I think so. so. I think so.
0: And then multiplayer, they came out in and out. They had a big huge dump of information and they talked about how like they're getting rid of the power ups so you don't have to like run over a little glowing thing anymore. (laughs) Run
1: over your uh, itchy and scratchy dollar.
0: Yeah. So if you wanna spawn into like a TIE fighter, you click on on the map and it spawns you up in the air. Nice. So that's gonna be that kind of concept. Everything's got progression. So like your weapons, you can upgrade your blaster weapons to have More abilities, change out everything on it, just like you can in Battlefield. They're bringing uh, the um, uh, squad types, the like support classes. They're bringing classes into the game. So yes, you'll have different classes you can carry out as you're playing the multiplayer.
2: So maybe uh, Battlefront learned their lesson, man. Dude, I hope so. They better. I I expect a more refined, a more hardcore Battlefront. I think they don't bring it. it. I don't think they don't bring it. <laughs> yes. All right. So, so, do you want to fight over
0: who's going to talk about this? Because I really want to talk about this. I want. I want to talk about it because I played it and it's awesome. I played it
2: too and it's awesome. Oh, you oh my god, yes. dude! Let, I grew oh, up on this. Oh shoot. I mean, okay. you grew up on this too. Didn't I, you? I did. Right. I did grow up okay. on this. StarCraft and Brood War are now going to be completely free with the new patch. Not going to be. They are. You can download it now. Download it now. Download it right now. Go. Go online, go online. Go to StarCraft Remastered, or just type it in Google, and you're going to find no, it's it it's not
0: StarCraft Remastered. So this is just StarCraft re-released as a free game. StarCraft oh. Remastered is coming out later this year oh. as a 4K remastered. But right. they took the original StarCraft, they put oh. a patch in it, and they made it up to speed with modern systems. So I this is... this First patch in Starcraft. what, eight years? Eight years. This is the original StarCraft, original Jesus. graphics, original everything. <laughs> it's got Long used time. map settings in it. I mean, <laughs> it's got local area network in it. And you can install it on your Mac. So I see I men playing this on my men Mac. across the country awesome. are pulling out their old. Com-
1: or oh yeah, people are gonna be pull- this, yeah, yeah, like grabbing their dust, children and be dusting like, play off. You're yeah, sit sit their children down. You will be forged in iron like I was. Yes. <laughs> what does
2: that mean, Dad? Shut
1: up and go play the Protoss <laughs> now. It was so funny though because this is a uh,
0: it was literally an executable file you just download off their website. That's just so cool. Download and like There you go. You got it. It's got multiplayer. It's got Battle.net. There in you go. It. Now you
1: got StarCraft. Uh, Get Starcraft. a PC. Shut up. So, <laughs> so <laughs> they,
0: they are releasing StarCraft Remastered later this year. So yep. this is kind of like a pull like a, a This is in the intro. This is so So people can reacquaint
1: themselves with
0: StarCraft, man. We know what this is. But the Remastered Edition will be completely 4K graphics, same game, same everything, but it'll be in 4K. So if you want to play it for free, you can play it as the original graphics here, and it does have like four three screens. So you got the bars on the side and everything, which I think was pretty sweet. But, man, it's fun. I got my ass kicked.
1: I was playing I like that. the computer. I believe I got that. My ass kicked. Yeah, I believe Zerg that. Zerg
0: rush is a real thing. Yeah, man.
1: there's a reason. There's it's. <laughs> there's a reason people hate it and they despise. Oh, you're doing Zerg rush, you motherfucker. Yeah,
0: yeah. I was like building supply depots as Taryn, and then all of a sudden, like Zergs come in, just like chomping off my my supply He's depots. Like what the heck? I, was, like, I hate you guys. So that happened, and it's awesome. <laughs>
1: uh, next up, Cliffy B, Cliff Blazinski. Uh, for those of you who don't know who Cliffy B is, uh, warns that the AAA game development industry is nearly unsustainable. And that's in quotes. That's literally what he says is it's unsustainable. That is a... Illuminati confirmed. (laughs) (laughs) Illuminati confirmed.
2: This is a conspiracy. Yes. But that's a bold thing to say. It It is a bold thing. i never heard anybody say this. In in all my years of gaming, it's been a while, 2028, so yeah, we on the way he talks is that the, the AAA
0: market is kind of a, at a weird point right now because it's really hard for any game publisher to make this work. You have a few top dogs like Activision and 2K and things like that that can still make it work, but otherwise it's just it's hard to make money because you're charging $60 for a game. That's an expensive game for a single person, but the amount of money they have to thrust into games now to yeah. make them as good as is expected. Yeah. Is the return, the ROI is just not there as much as it used to be. So, I mean, that's why Cliff Blazinski went solo and started a small team, more focused. Dude,
1: it's uh, the, it's the, the indie devs reign supreme at this point. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like these these AAA companies are pouring millions, and not just into the game, but like you know, you think it, there, there's so much for from a huge development company when you're paying staff, you're paying not just uh, the staff of like developers ing at a keyboard. You're talking about a corporation, so you've got an HR department, you've got uh, a building with leases and all that kind of shit to house all these monster computers and equipment. Equipment alone probably runs you. <laughs> it's a lot a lot of frickin' money. Yeah. So yeah, you're talking about ROI, man. Yeah, it's it's not good probably, especially if it's a mediocre game that comes from a triple A title. And that's why game,
0: these triple A games are playing it so safe these days is for that exact reason. I mean, they're just like let's put a lot of content. I'll say in yes here. and no.
2: Yes and no. Yeah. Mm. What what would what would be your Wait argument? you said AAA? A? Yeah, AAA. A. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, I agree with that. Never mind. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> Never mind. Never mind. Yeah, so anyway, I mean that's true. But yeah. Indi like that's why
1: I I think that we see have this we've seen this trend now within the last five years that these big these big companies, their big talent is leaving and doing their own thing.
2: Yeah because I mean, you you get so boxed into this the way things are yeah which I think it, it, that's just how everything kind of ends up being yeah but it's nice in this industry yeah top dogs end up leaving and doing their own thing and being successful again well and and you know to to kind of go along with that it's not just that they're
1: they're kind of breaking off and doing their own thing but more to the to the fact with these AAA uh development companies and these giant titles like like you said, Playing it safe is an understatement. Call of, the Call of Duty franchise was teasing, "Oh, we're going to come out with a big announcement. but we're going to be going back to our roots." What's it going to be? Was what, what it? It's another World War II game, dude. I wanted you, it to were, be Vietnam, dude. Everybody wanted it to be something different, and. Yeah. Like you could have done World War One, you could have done Vietnam, you could have done a whole slew of other stuff, but no, you decided to play it safe, and we're going to do another freaking World War Two Call of Duty game. Do you think we've been in a bubble, and the bubble's about to pop? I th- I think we are overcrowded in
2: said bubble, and it's about to freaking burst. For AAA or in general, AAA, just yeah, okay.
0: AAA. I mean, like definitely with AAA. Look
2: at, yeah. I mean, there's been so much success, and there's been so
0: much growth in the industry for so long, and now like. I mean, you have you hear about all these devs that are now jumping ship, these big, huge yeah. AAA devs that are jumping ship and starting their own things. I mean... And it's for them, it's where, not even out of
1: fear. For them, it's yeah. that they have passion projects that they want to work on. Yeah. And they're... Uh, Janaman Nordkagan himself was like, I've always wanted to make this game. Yeah. I mean, for Where the water tastes like wine. He's, I've, I've always wanted to make this, and now I have the chance to do it. I mean, all the games that come out now are vying for the attention of
0: consumers with just adding more and more content to get you sucked Mm -hmm. in longer and longer because they think if I mean if you buy a game for sixty dollars and then you just have this like steady stream of like new DLC that comes out over a period of time. Yeah. They they can make you last longer and keep the word up for said game for a period of time. Because if you don't, like if you just release a game and then market it really heavily for like three months, like you're gone because there's going to be 10 new games that come out between now and then.
1: (laughs) Absolutely. You know,
0: so it's, I mean, that's why you have these business models where, I mean, rainbow six siege, for example, came out and when it first came out, it was a week launch. And then that community is still sustained because they've been dropping DLC packs and everything through and through. And you know, Destiny is a good example too. I mean, they've brought out so much DLC to <laughs> fix their game, make it yeah. better, and keep that those more people signing up for the game. Three DLCs to make it
1: playable, four to make it good. Yeah, don't forget Overwatch. And, oh and Overwatch. man, well, Overwatch
2: mm. is just great. I mean, it's just, <laughs> well, Overwatch is just wonderful. Just right you off shut off your stupid bad. mouth. Yeah, that one's is, wonderful. That's a triple way. that just gets it right every time. Yeah, yeah. 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 They just, they just Mostly. did something. Blizzard, good. Blizzard's.
1: Swinging for the fences for sure. I mean, they've they've been hitting the homers, you know, pretty much back to back. So I don't know if that giant's going to fall anytime soon, but definitely some other developers could take could take note from what they're doing. EA has not been as bad as they have been in the past, but it's still EA. So still AAA. Yeah, yeah.
0: It's still up there. It's still up there. So next story we have, we I'm so freaking excited for this. Isn't by this is crazy. So like. We heard that the NES, the original NES classic edition, was discontinued. And everybody was whomp, like, whomp. What is going on? Like, why is it not around anymore? What happened? I can't get it anywhere. And then it went on eBay and like, you know, prices went up like crazy and now you just can't find it. What's
2: up with Nintendo products in that? Like they always get on eBay and they're just they're, like they, four hundred bucks. They know five hundred bucks. So it turns out the reason for this
0: discontinuation is that they are now going to release later this year. The SNES Classic Edition.
1: Oh, yeah. That's where it's at.
0: Which is huge. Oh, that's huge. Like, that's a generation that I can get behind. I miss the NES generation, but the SNES, I did play that. Yeah. I remember growing up to that when I was super young.
1: Damn. um, I I owned more SNES titles than I did on any console ever. Wow. I had a literal duffel bag filled with... um, Uh, little tackle boxes that carried all my SNES games. Jeez. I had a
2: ton. That's impressive. Yeah. Do you
1: still have them? No. Oh, man. Dude, I I know. if If there's ever one regret in my life, it's that I don't know what happened. Like I moved probably three times when I was younger. Yeah. And in those three moves, they just... Is that why so you
0: keep your games now? Oh, like, absolutely.
1: Are okay. you kidding me? Yeah. I never get rid of games. Dude, I wish
2: I would have kept my N64 games. Me too. I really I regret it. Absolutely. Now. I, I donated my N64 to someone who wasn't as well off as I was, and he's, he, he had a bunch of fun with my Nintendo well, that's console. nice of you. That's but good. I'm like, damn it, why do I give it away? Yeah. <laughs> I want like, do you know how much a copy
1: of the original uh, NES's gold uh, Legend of Zelda will run for? Uh-uh. It's like easily like 80 to to $100. Wait, Dang. the NES for the no, the... no, the NES for... Ver- the oh, okay. NES gold, like the actual gold-plated
0: yeah. oh, Legend of Zelda. That's crazy. That's yeah.
1: yeah. I'm excited to see what the library is. We capitalize it. on nostalgia, man, because it yeah. works. I know I would love to play all these SNES games because I love the SNES the most. I got something crazy to tell you. I was reading Game Informer the other day, and there was an article in there about a guy
0: who's a Twitch streamer, and he's from Poland, and he has just completed playing every single game all the way through that was released on the nes all 719 titles jesus christ wow he's played every single one all the From way start through. to finish start to finish holy shit completed it all and so they like interview him about like his favorite game and then his least favorite game paperboy is his least
1: favorite of all of them
0: everyone hates paperboy yeah. so but he's played every single one and i'm like damn that's impressive how uh, I just, I just so here's mind. the
1: question: the time needed for that
0: is why, astronomical. Why
2: get rid of the NES and and then just start manufacturing the SNES? Like Man, is this supply is this lines? A, probably, I dudes yeah, supply lines. People got to focus on this. Like, you don't want to like spread your team too thin, you know what I mean? I know, but the, the other the, the NES was so successful, this one is going to be successful as well. Is this a lead-up to like. digital console on on the switch i i would
1: hope so because that would if that were the case i would go out and buy a switch right the hell now if if it if it truly was we talk about the virtual console and i've said this before if i could actually have a nintendo switch play all these new great games and talk play breath of the wild that you and luis won't shut the hell up about yes (laughs) if i got that and Got to have also all the old NES games and all of the old SNES games. Dude, I would never leave my house. That's it. I'm done. That's that's how my life ends. <laughs>
0: it's
1: just Devin Devin spiraled down from renal failure just playing <laughs> SNES games. We don't know Something where Devin day. is. It's yeah. been podcast five thousand. There was just uh. <laughs> there was just a husk of a of a skeleton with oh, a Star Wars boy. shirt uh uh playing uh friggin' switch man with dark Souls your, stream in the background you gotta find
2: your switch and your and your rib cage yeah plugged in
1: yeah exactly
0: dude that's some crazy <laughs> stuff <laughs> so well nintendo yeah. there it was going great. at it uh it last thing i want to mention before we get to our article of the week i just to just say funny worth mentioning thing a game came out and it is on sale everything is on sale and what I find fascinating uh, about this is I, that everything is this. the name of the game. I saw this. Everything is on sale.
1: Oh, uh, they put that together. That's funny. Yeah. is that clever? So, that's so freaking... Yeah. Like, that's... What a... That's almost a big middle finger to Steam in a way. Like, the
2: game looks fun, by the way. So
0: yeah, so the, there is we are. I am going to review this game because I bought it yesterday and I haven't played it yet, but it is going to be coming down the line. Is but it because you bought it thinking everything was on? Sale? Well, actually, I'm pissed off because I bought it before it went on sale. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you I, I missed! I didn't get everything on sale. It sucks, but um, it, it's it's supposed to be a really incredible experience and just just experiential kind of thing. And it's a uh, produced by Double fine i believe so made by a single guy but i think that's great
2: all right so here's a little uh <laughs> this is uh kind of a what would happen a back and it, forth it, from somebody who went together it, on polygon <laughs> how this may is a I quote from you, polygon I, i'm imagining the chats today with steam customers rep how may i help you customer i made a purchase and didn't receive what i bought
0: what did you buy everything so what's the problem What's the problem? I'm playing as a damn seagull or something. Where's my key for Ghost Recon <laughs> Wildlands?
2: Anyway. Oh, man. It's That's ridiculous. That's it. That was the end.
0: That's okay. ridiculous. So
2: someone is going to buy this and be like, oh, oh yeah. absolutely. Yeah.
0: So
1: last but not least, Devin, you wrote an article. Tell me about it. I did. Um, Ooh, what'd you write? I did. Uh, my, my article is titled Ready Player Two. Um, it's been a gripe of mine for a long time. I love playing co-op games it's it's one of the primary reasons I play video games is so I can experience them with my friends, right? Um, well, it's been my experience in the past that co-op games don't really in, engage all the players involved. What I mean by that is a perfect example that I think of all the time, and I, go, I use this one often, is I remember back in the original Xbox days... I wanted an Xbox so bad. And I sat here watching someone one of my friends play Halo and they were like, I was thinking, this game's amazing. Oh my God. And you go, oh, it's two player. Do you want to play as well? I'm like, oh f- hell yeah. So we start off the game. It's like, oh, you hear about this fabled Master Chief and and it's this alien covenant and the things are things are going nuts. And go, go wake up, Master Chief. And they go and you wake Master Chief up. And then there's just this second different colored Spartan just standing there, just like, hi. I'm just kind of here. No explanation of why he's there. No narrative. No NPCs will engage that person. No, it's just some asshole just standing there. It's a clone Morty. Uh, Yeah, but the reason I use that example is because we haven't gotten better at this. After all these years, co-op games still don't do co-op right, in my opinion. BioWare has made some advances with it with like the uh, Star Wars The Old Republic MMO where you kind of have a dynamic of people who get to have a random number generator for them to give dialogue if you're in a group. But that still still doesn't engage everybody else. Like, you know, I think about D&D and the fact that you guys have now played D&D and you get to play in my world and all of you get to engage with the NPCs and uh, the NPCs will engage with all of you and talk to all of you and you know you find out about each other that way and it, it creates a stronger immersion through that uh, inclusiveness and video games just aren't doing that and they need to
0: yep I agree Sad face. <laughs> yeah I'll be I'll be talking about a game next week um, Eon Altar that I played that tries to do this, but it doesn't succeed on all levels, but it mm-hmm. makes a good attempt mm-hmm.
1: and brings some good things to the table. So that'll be it's, interesting. It's going to be hard. About. It's going to oh, take... it's so it's, it's going It's going to take... Uh, um, I hate giving them even more praise, but it's going to take indie devs taking a risk and doing something much more unique and something very original in the realm of uh, the games they create for this to kind of happen. Because we're not going to see this from AAA... Dead right. anytime soon at all it's just not going to happen but it's definitely something that i i'm passionate about uh i'm
2: i'm all about the inclusiveness with all the players involved so get on it awesome someone make it well that's our new segment <clears throat> if we missed something going over to the intergamer.net and click on the email icon contact us contact, contact us bam. bam or just go over to your email go to hello at the yeah yeah
0: We're going to take a break and uh, come back with our discussion topic for this week. So stay tuned. You're listening to The Inner Gamer. Hello. This is our discussion topic here today. We are in our third round. And today we're going to talk about something interesting. Austin, are you excited about this? I am. Awesome. Cool. So this was a topic suggested by Devin. Devin had to head out, so we are going to do it with just me and Austin here. And it is the adaptation of genres in video games. Basically what we're talking about here is going to be how we've seen genres evolve and adapt over the years. So um, we used to have just a few select genres, and over time we have seen genres either morph into something else or they've... Evolved into creating new and different genres, subgenres that became genres on their own, Um, and this this happens a lot in the indie market specifically because the indie market is, as we've talked about in the previous news segment here, uh, there's a lot of discussion. There's there's a lot more risks that go into indie games than there are with standard types of games. So um, one, for example. Since we talked about what remains of Edith Finch earlier in the podcast, is walking simulators. That is a genre that has adapted from point-and-click adventure games. I think is most is what they're most close closely associated with. So, like, there used to be games like Miss, for example, where you just like click around the screen, make stuff happen. And then you have games like Telltale's Guardians of the Galaxy, where you click around the screen, but now you can freely move into areas, all the way to full-blown 3D first-person walking simulators, where it's just like Miss—you're exploring, you're solving puzzles, and all that—but you're freely walking in a beautifully shown, like, realized world. And, cool cinematics, yeah. Cool cinematics and everything, and it's just it's interesting to see how over time somebody like built this thing, and then they took that genre and figured out how can we make it just a little bit different, and through iteration, adapted it different ways to result in different and new games that now we just take for granted,
2: right? So it's basically, just evolution of gaming, yeah. It is, and and, is, and how the indie, t- indie genre or the indies, are basically taking that and running with it while the AAA is kind of, like we mentioned before, just kind of staying back and are in their own little box of making that money. Yeah. I mean, it, when you look at like a A game, you have you have an RPG, you have a
0: first-person shooter, you have a... Open oh, World? You have Open World that's kind of become... That's another thing that's kind of become its own genre because Open World was started with think games like G- gta and things like that and then it kind of it became its own genre in itself i mean you have like third person shooters which in essence are open world games but an open world game is totally different than say um well that spec ops the line that we talked about earlier like that's those are two completely different games even though they're both third person shooters um something else that's interesting is hero shooters which is the best description i can have for them but we have games such as overwatch and battleborn and then the upcoming Quake champions even and uh, several other games like that in which they've taken a traditional shooter and added rpg like elements or even like moba experiences to them right so you know overwatch is hugely popular and it's because they took a genre and they adapted said genre into something that is new and fresh
2: I said triple A's. That's kind of a general statement, but most triple A's are in the box. Well, wow. Blizzard's in its own box, but it's, you know, booming like crazy, so... Man, they're just out of the box everywhere. That's true. They're, they Wars. they have all kinds of boxes they made. Yeah. Uh, they just got boxes upon boxes of dollar bills. <laughs> that's what they got. Uh, that, that is exactly what they got. Um, but yeah, so w- what's one that kind of sticks out for you, Brett? Hero
0: shooters or just
2: things uh, in like general? That? like. What's an adaptation that's kind of like what? Like this is really cool. I think I think something that's that's really
0: hot right now, um, that is interesting, how it became to be is these battle royale kind of games. So I'm sure everybody's heard over the internet and interwebs on Twitch especially. Player Unknown's Battlegrounds is really popular, and that is a game that essentially evolved from survival games so things like um day Z, where you hunt zombies in this open world you have nothing you have to explore and forage and like you have to manage your health your stamina you have to manage your hunger all of those kinds of things have to be managed while you're also trying to find supplies and loot in order to just stay alive and those games evolved into things like rust which took another step and added into building mechanic to it from the likes of Minecraft and merge that together into a rust light game. And now you have battle Royale, which adds high higher stakes to it in which here you have a hundred players dropping into a field. You have nothing on you and now you have to find weapons, find supplies and survive and be the last man standing. And so that's like a whole new competitive edge that you know, existed before in day Z, but now it's, now it's like, it's not, let's team up with some people and hope we can survive. I don't care if you're my friend, I'm going to kill you because I want to be the last person left. Kind of, kind of
2: idea. Like, Oh, okay. That was the, okay. I was like, damn Brett. (laughs) I don't care. You're my friend. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) That's not a Brett thing to say. No, it's not. Definitely not. Definitely not. So I guess a good example is kind of dead by daylight. They took that kind of arena, esque thing and made it put survival horror on top of it no which just i haven't <laughs> man you don't know me and brett haven't played this game but i know a lot of people are thoroughly that's a really love this game. game yeah and uh it just it's just kind of cool to take that kind of evolve type gameplay right it's like 4v1 or whatever and one guy's like the boss guy you get to kill and um again i haven't played this but it looks fun well so. that's another
0: game right there like Left 4 Dead, an example, like evolved from, um, you know, there was, there's co-op shooters that've been around forever, and whoever would have thought that you would have a game in which. It's a four V four intense co-op where you have four players are fighting the four enemies surrounded by a mix of AI type of players. Like that's right, that was right. an interesting concept that yeah. hadn't really
2: been done before. That's true. Until Left 4 Dead came out. And then Well when 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 did horde modes really start coming out? I guess that was kind of Gears of War it was kind of Yeah. Like yeah. The first ish horde mode yeah. in a way.
0: I could see that. Yeah.
2: Yeah. I mean, 'cause you I mean you could think like go back to Starcraft and World of Warcraft. Or uh, just Warcraft uh, 3. And they had that we you can just fight bots. I mean, it's kind of the same thing. Yeah. But I guess in a linear, you know, get from point A to point B type thing. Yeah, there's different. like
0: objectives that play into it. And, you know, that's not your main end goal. Your goal is to kill the bad guys or kill the other p- players. But ultimately, you're trying to get to the end and survive. And I think that's, you know, that's definitely an evolution of previous games that were of similar nature so like you know horde mode was just let's survive rounds here there was actually a finite end objective which is let's carry out these different missions these checkpoints and then get to the final door so we can complete the level and that's
2: some cool stuff um uh, i have a future adaptation that we'll talk about towards the end
0: okay okay that'd be cool that doesn't Um, exist yet Oh, really?
2: Yeah. At All least right. not that I know of.
0: I'm intrigued. Yeah. That means you have to listen to the end to find oh. out what the surprise oh, is. Oh,
2: gotcha. Uh, <laughs> um,
0: so so the MOBA, the MOBA genre is a, another thing in its own. Like massively online battle arenas, like League of Legends, Dota, things like that. Those started, I mean, essentially my best comparison to them is a melding of an RTS game, real-time strategy, with like an RPG kind of style in a way where I mean RTS games you have to manage a lot of um a lot of resources, a lot of different units and all that stuff. This like dumbed it down, not dumbed it down because it's still extremely challenging, but melded it down to where you are controlling one hero character, but it's got that kind of RTS style view and it's got RPG like elements where you level up, you advance your character to select different um, you know, different abilities and upgrades as you play through and fight waves of enemies coming at you. And um, so that's kind of kind of interesting how the, mass, the the battle arena the MOBA thing didn't exist until Dota made it happen, which was just a right. mod on on top of an existing game which i think is fascinating
2: i got one i i think this is where it stands for but gary's mod dude gary's kind of mod. like sandbox and now we have things like rust or uh um, minecraft arma 2 or the daisy you know and how right daisy's the arma one yeah that's okay. Armor one i mean yeah. yeah
0: that's that's like the survival games
2: but yeah okay well yeah I kind mean, of more like the sandboxy ones where um i guess the forest is a good one where you throw into this island, and you, you, you know, you can kind of do whatever you want in a way, but you, have to, you have to survive, but... Yeah, I mean, they added that survival mix to it, whereas, like, Gary's mod,
0: the old, the if you break that down, that was just... The Source engine is a very powerful physics engine. It's really cool, like, what you can do with the physics. Let's figure out what kind of stuff you can make happen with this. So, right, right. I mean, and then we went into things like Minecraft, which is you know, took out the physics aspect of it, but they made it to where you can just build Legos all over the place and just go crazy. And that, that kind of creativity didn't really exist where you had free freedom to just build whatever you wanted right? Um, inside of a world without having to have like mod tools and map builders and things like that. So some of these games have in a way made these genres that have come out have in a way kind of taken pulled away the mod community in in a sense. I mean the mod yeah, community still no, exists, right. but like there aren't any like full conversion mods anymore. Instead, let's just make a new genre of game and just put it out as its own standalone title. <laughs> which is kind of interesting.
2: Yeah, I mean I guess you can say that led to this, basically. Yeah. It's like these 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 people were just testing out the stuff and got their hands on video games and now they're making video games. Yeah. They, they, they do. pretty sweet think pretty yeah they sweet. are um, and we even have I mean here's the
0: new th- new thing out now the the uh, what do you call it the um, the roguelike games oh right? yeah like yeah permadeath like those were originally you yeah, had like the platformers and stuff and I guess platformers were in essence almost permadeath in a way like you get to the end of the level and you had a few lives and eventually you die and have to start over but in this like you die you're dead like that was an adaptation of the early platformers of, like, Super Mario and things like that. Right, right. So.
2: and yeah, that's good stuff right there.
0: Yeah, that is good stuff. Which, you know, I mean, there's a lot. Terrible. I'm sure
2: we're, like, not m- catching uh, many of these things. But, I mean, I think most of the indie games just kind of go off of and, and try something new and different, which is exactly what we need right now because, I mean... I guess kind of like Cliffy B, like going off of what Cliffy B was. I mean, I think we're getting kind of stale. Like people are finding the groove of something that works. I mean, we're basically making like assassin creeds to put it in, in certain terms, you know, just making rehashing the same thing, doing a little bit differently. Obviously most of these games are pretty successful, but it's like, we need something new. We need something different. Let's, let's throw like a, just like, um, uh, what remains of this Finch. Like let's throw in some story that really like n- it's different and, you know, Make you really feel something, unless of, I guess these grand Michael Bay type films. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that makes sense. <laughs> yeah, okay, Freaking Michael Bay, man. I know. I'm telling you,
0: Michael Bay. Michael Bay. So tell me, tell me <laughs> your uh, your secret future thing here. All
2: right. So what we haven't seen was real time community interaction. So. You know, Twitch being the massive oh, like place, crowd play and Telltale games, exactly. Except uh, more of, uh, more of like I don't know something. You go like, uh, what is one of those like Rust or Seven Days to Die or something like that? And then people like watching and can just drop in certain things. You know, like um, what do you call it? Uh, you know, you can vote in like, oh, let's drop a car for this person, or let's make it rain now, and let's or let's throw in a tornado. Let's make it. You know, let's spawn some zombies that they have to fight off. You know.
0: That could be interesting in a good and bad way, yes. actually, because like I remember, I used to love playing. Um, it was a genre called like like a, a godlike god like game, like um, black and white. I oh yeah, yeah, like yeah. That. And um, there That's was fun. a game called Ruse, I believe it was R E U um, S. Roos. where you were basically uh, a godlike character. A god. I mean, it is a god game, and you would drop in these huge giants, and they would destroy um they could either destroy or help areas and you'd have people that because you were this god character they would you know you could either play a terrifying god or you could play a very nice civil happy god and those were I mean that's kind of an evolution of RTSs again, you know. Right, like, right. Here you have this this top down view. How can we expand that? So let's add in the ability to terraform the land and have it impact the players and the units that are on said land. And that's that's a cool kind of evolution that took place. Man, I miss games like that. There hasn't I been a do lot too. of those.
2: Like Black and White. Black and yeah. White was so much Black fun. Black and White. Oh, I had so much good. fun with that. Did you play all of them? Like Black and White one and two. Um. I, I think, there was, think I only played one? two. No, I think they were, they were going to make a third one and it didn't happen. Man, what's the uh, spore? Spore is a good one that we haven't seen anything like that in a long time. I, I think everything where we talked about is right. Tr- kind, it, it, it reminds me of that the way that they're kind of like you can kind of play everything. I don't know exactly what's all and everything, but um, apparently Everything's everything in everything. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but
0: yeah, something like that. Um, and then so like looking into the uh, the strategy genre um, I mean there's a whole different different arena of things I mean like we talked about RTS we talked about MOBAs um,
2: there's even like tower defense like games which I mean, are like orcs, orcs, orcs must strategy. die yeah orcs must it's die a third person shooter but with with the tower defense yeah tacked on and then um, they have like these. Have you heard of these forex games? I don't know what
0: that is. It's like a whole different genre that we don't even think about. But it's kind of like if you think about um, Eve Online, I think it's it's kind of in that. Line in a way but I mean that's more of an MMO kind of thing but a 4X game is um, Sid Meier's Civilization Oh, that's a good example of it in which your goal is to the 4X is explore expand exploit and exterminate so (laughs) you look around you have to expand what you have you have to exploit whatever is going on and then you exterminate the enemy so it's 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 like an rts but on a much grander scale okay and i mean this is a huge huge subgenre of games that i don't even know much about and i don't even play because it's like way over my head but man there's a devoted following to games like that man and it's it's just crazy how much has come out and even like metroidvania like that's that's a genre now because of like the, the Metroid games, like that, is now considered a genre of game. So, like, this is a Metroidvania style game, right? Did you ever play Metroid
2: uh, or in I, Castlevania? Because it was like Metroid- I didn't play Castlevania. Like Met- yeah. Metroid and Castlevania. Stuff, I, I played a little so. bit of Metroid, but I didn't play a lot of Castle. Actually, I played none of Castlevania. If I did, I don't remember it. Okay. Um, Souls like is now a genre thing. Oh my gosh! <laughs> so, uh, yep, yep. Souls like is, is 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 coming out. Is something very new. So. I don't know, it's kinda cool that we have all these new things and and in this industry. I mean these things are able to evolve like there are politics in in video the video games, but not enough for it to hinder its progress, you know what I mean? Right. It's nice that we're able to experiment and and grow. And I think we're going like faster and faster every year. Like there's so much more coming out, especially with the resources, people can just jump on and like we can make a game if we wanted to. I've made a game before. True. Well, it's
0: not on the market anymore because apparently I haven't updated it. No, it came out. Drop Cap. That, that was oh, that existed yeah, yeah, for right, a little that's bit. Right, that's
2: right. I forgot about yeah, that.
0: I made a puzzle game on the iOS and then we haven't updated in a while. So it's now defunct thanks to Apple nah. because they're like, it doesn't support iOS 10. We're sorry. And we don't want to update it. So <laughs> it's off the app store now. See, Brett made a it, game. It was cool. So. But it wasn't it wasn't anything super original or genre breaking like some of these other games are, but um, yeah, I mean, there's just there's there's so many things out there, and it's it's just it's a cool time to be in the video game industry because or being a part of it and seeing it evolve and grow over time because you know new games are coming out daily like in. Droves and every single one is just trying to find out how they can be just a little bit different to to change the game, as we've mentioned now twice in this podcast. (laughs) Um, And (laughs) I'm just excited to see. I mean, like we have games like Star Citizen that are trying to be the end all be all game. That this is the only game you'll ever play because there's so much happening in this game that you just what else is there? And it's it's
2: fascinating. So yeah. If we missed any games or know of any games that have really stood out to you, please send us an email at hellothegamer.net or drop a comment. We would like to know because, as as those who have been listening, I'm trying to expand my what I play because I've been pretty much mostly a triple eight guy because I like I like the quality of. Well, you need to get out of that box. I know to those boxes of dollar I, bills I, that Blizzard <laughs>
0: has because that shit is awesome.
2: Well, th- they can do that. Yeah, that's, that's true. Yeah, anyway, yeah. anyway,
0: um, cool. Well, that concludes our discussion topic this week guys if there as we mentioned if there's something you guys want to hear us talk about please email us at hello at the and we will have it on the podcast because we would love to talk about something that you guys want to hear and uh austin what are you gonna be playing next week Ooh, uh mario kart 8
2: deluxe on switch duh duh (laughs) mario kart 8 is here and i'm gonna play um what was that game we talked about uh uh, nightmares, Little Nightmares? Yeah. You're I'm looking get forward that? to that. Yes. Sweet, sweet. It looks really awesome.
0: Well, I'm going to be playing, um, probably finishing up. I'm going to get back into some old games because I have a game to talk about next week already. I'm going to go back to some old stuff and jump into I'm actually going to play everything, I think. Really? I'm get, jump in that. I mean, I have do it. it so oh, I might do as it. well. Yeah, please. And uh, I might get back into, I'm debating between Horizon Zero Dawn and Mass Effect. Mm. One
2: of those two. Interesting. We'll see. I don't know.
0: But uh, anyway, thank you guys for checking out our podcast. If you like what you hear, please leave us a review on iTunes or tell a friend. It's the best way we can grow. Also, be sure and check us out next week for uh, more exciting gaming goodness. And as we mentioned, if you're in the DFW area, Dallas, Fort Worth, Texas, come by our meetup April 28th. It'll be at Community Brewery. We'll be playing the Nintendo Switch with Mario Kart 8 Deluxe. And also, if you want to catch up on our latest podcasts, blogs, videos, and our social channels, go to theinnergamer.net.
2: We also have a Patreon set up, which is a way for you, our listeners, to donate to the cause in order to bring you all the greatest content you want to see and hear. Because we have day jobs, and this isn't this isn't how we make money yet. And it kind of sucks. So, please,
0: no, we, we totally make money off of this. It's like, it's awesome. You should follow us and donate to us <laughs> to make more money so we can give you more stuff. Because the money is actually not going to go to us. The money is going go to it, it's gonna go straight to the cooler Intergamer, shit right. that you guys want to see and hear.
2: So if you support us, we have some awesome rewards waiting for you over at Patreon, uh, such as a signed t-shirt, being a guest in our podcast, or even joining us for a D&D session. So head on over to the and click the donate button to contribute. My name is Austin Morales. And my name is Bray Noski. And you've been listening to The Intergamer!
0: Intergamer. Sure. That is not even close enough.
1: And we're back. He says, and we're back after the intro when we've like introduced ourselves and 15 seconds later. And we're back. Where did they go? I don't know. They introduced themselves and left and came back, apparently.
2: (laughs) We're waiting for you. We're waiting for you to say it. (laughs) We're just sitting there, like, all right. Go on,
1: Brett. You're dying to say it. I can tell.
2: Either way, we win.
1: (laughs) Either way.